the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on 860 AM, The Answer. The show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial market, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown. Uh, my two co-hosts, Mark Hoff and Non Farm, are off today, uh, but we will have a special guest in just about 35 seconds. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. Uh, that certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin, uh, which the certificates are worth uh, a little over $100 so it's a nice little prize. Today's trivia theme is planets. All right, the question's about planets. All right, today's guest is Brandon Bruckman from Insight Investment Advisors to discuss 1031 exchanges and DSTs, which he's going to explain exactly what is a DST. All right, uh, Brandon, welcome to The Best of Investing. Edward, thanks for having me on. And based on the topic for the trivia, I will have no chance of probably asking. Okay. <laughs> so okay. good luck to the good luck to our to our guests coming to our, our, to our, to our audience. Okay, well, we'll start off with the easy one. What planet do we live on right now? There you <laughs> go. Okay, there you go. You're a winner, winner. Okay. Uh, so first of all, um, how give give us a little background about yourself. Yeah, it's it's an interesting sort of windy path that that got us here, but. Um, I'll go backwards, forwards. So I'm an investment advisor. I help run Insight Investment Advisors. Um, we're registered investment advisors. I'm based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, sure. which for those that are watching, the background here is is the city of Milwaukee. Sure. Uh, my partner's based in Kansas City. Uh, so we got the Midwest, Midwest covered. Um, and we really came into this space. My background's in finance. I worked at a hedge fund for a long time. Um, I'm classically trained that way. We've sort of found our way towards um, a real estate niche um, and helping out real estate investors that maybe don't want to manage property anymore, maybe want to to get out of that space. That's where where we found um, a bit of a niche and where our services are really, really being used is in that real estate space, which is very untypical for, for an RA to be focused focused in real estate. We just don't see that very much. You're, yeah, you're right. I mean, I used to have my Series 7 securities license. I was never an RIA, but I had that many, many years ago. And, you know, we, we did various, you know, mutual funds and real estate, et cetera. But for you guys to specialize in real estate, actually, is, uh, that is different. Haven't heard that before. Yeah. And, and it's really a background from um, my partner, Josh Wright in Kansas, his family was in this space and, and had a particular problem when they were looking to exit the real estate, there wasn't a lot of uh, solutions for them to defer the tax. 
And it sort of led Josh on this winding path towards, all right, how would I find a solution that is passive, helps defer tax, and frankly puts his family in a better financial situation moving forward than, than where they were. And, um, and, and that's sort of what led us. I mean, we, we have you on specifically to talk about 1031 exchanges and DSTs, um, which again, we'll get into what that is. Uh, and is that your specialty? Yeah, that's that's the most growing part of our business. Uh, I mean, again, traditionally, we're from the investment advisor space. Josh has been knocking on doors since he came out of college to to recruit clients as as traditional investment clients. Um, my background's there, too. So I've had to really learn the real estate side of this world. Um, I must have missed that class somewhere in college about 1031 exchange. I didn't get it um, or didn't really understand the power of, of owning real estate as as a person. I was really something that I missed being more in the corporate space and more in the large institutional space. Well, yeah, I didn't learn about the uh, 1031 exchanges until um, actually when I got my master's in tax. Oh. Then, then they then they then they had to talk about about it. So, um, uh, you know, I think most people, at least, you know, I think our audience is kind of sophisticated, so they'll understand that a 1031 exchange is basically a like kind exchange mm-hmm. uh, for real estate. Uh, to go ahead and, and uh, uh, defer the tax. Yep. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's the basis of it. And usually we see real estate investors using that to, it's a scaling up strategy where they're going from, you know, a few properties to maybe taking a swing on, on a larger property or a larger multifamily. We usually watch them use 1031 exchange. What a powerful tool to think about. I can defer all of those gains that I've made yeah. and state tax in most cases, and some of the depreciation that I've been taking, that's an incredibly powerful tool to build wealth. And so that's, that's where we see it traditionally used. Um, where we don't see it traditionally used is when that real estate investor has sort of a realization they've been doing this maybe for 20, 30, 40 years. And they go, you know what? I'm kind of done retiring. I'm kind of done managing properties. Like there's a lot of headwinds that are facing um, property owners and landlords these days um, across the board. Um, especially in California, probably for some of your listeners and, and frankly, some of our clients are based out of California as well. Yeah. There's a lot of challenges to owning property and, and maybe it's time that you want to do something else. So it's been, it's been interesting to talk about this as more of a retirement vehicle than, than a, a step up sort of uh, strategy for building wealth. This can also be used uh, to retire. That's a, that's a good point because there are definitely some, investors who have been tired of of managing property and i've had situations where i've had you know the tenants from heck <laughs> we'll say because we don't want to swear this we are on the fcc uh, regulations you know and you, you sometimes you just want to throw up your hands and uh, and say you know what I, I just can't deal with this 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 type of tenant anymore if you ever see the movie pacific heights there you go. Okay, tell you what, we're going to cut to our first, this is a fast first uh, break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how do real estate investors perform a 1031, the ramifications of not doing it, and then we'll get into the DSTs. Okay, which I'm going to give a little hint, stands for Delaware Statutory Trust. All right, uh, let's see, our first commercial uh, trivia question has to do with planets. Uh, well, actually, all the questions do, but here's the first one. What planet has a storm system called the Great Red Spot? All right. Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate, which is worth over $100. Again, here's the trivia question. Which 
Uh, what planet has a storm system called the Great Red Spot? All right, stay with us. You are listening to the best of investing. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Edward Brown here along with my special guest, Brandon Bruckman. Our first trivia question, which, uh, which, which, planet, which planet or what planet has a storm system called the Great Red Spot? Brandon, do you know the answer to that? Is that Jupiter? It is Jupiter. See, you said you didn't know anything about planets, and there you go. Or you're one for one. All right. So Brandon is an expert in. Uh, can I call you an expert? Is that okay? Or you yeah, that's right. specialized. I've in been it? called worse. You've been called worse. Yeah. So, um, uh, discuss, we're here to discuss 1031 exchanges and DSTs, Delaware Statutory Trust. Okay. So let's get into the first question. How do real estate investors perform a 1031 exchange? Uh, the key person that they're going to need in this is actually not me. It's something called a qualified intermediary. So the moment that it crosses their mind, hey, I might want to sell my investment property. The first person that they want to get involved after their CPA is a qualified intermediary. And they need this person because if you sell your property and take possession of those funds, you can't perform a 1031 exchange anymore. Oh, this boot. Is a- it's called, it's called it's called not fun and i and I, I get these phone calls from folks to say hey i heard about what you're doing i'm really interested i'm holding a check in my hand i'm ready to go and i have to be the bearer of bad news that no you're probably what do you, what do you, mean you got the check in your hand yeah you, you don't want that check in your hand you want it with somebody else so for easy way to get a qualified intermediary is to really talk to your title company and say hey do you provide a qualified intermediary service? Most of them do. Yeah. And so that would be as easy as doing that. You sign some documents and you're off and running. There's national firms that offer this as well. So a quick Google search will, will do that for you and link them up with your title company and you're yeah. off and running. Yeah. But you don't know, so bring, that brings up a point, you know, like with, uh, with an IRA, right? You can take possession and you have 60 days to do a rollover. You would think that they would, Congress would kind of say, you know what, let's give the same kind of break to investors to say, listen, you know what, if you want to go ahead and do that, but you better do your transaction within 60 days. Yeah, it's it's interesting that the 1031 exchange has been around or on the books in some form or fashion for over 100 years. 100 year anniversary was last year. And I get a lot of questions like, well, you know, can I get, get an extension or, you know, how do I work around the rules here? There really isn't a workaround. There, there are black and white rules here that you have to follow. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a problem if you get they audited. Do give you, they do, they, except for the fact of, like you said, taking possession of the actual you know, money, the mm-hmm. uh, complete sale. Uh, what, what is the timeline? Because there's reverse exchanges and all that. Is it 180 days? Yeah, the, the timeline is very sensitive too. So there's, there's two points. The clock starts ticking the moment you close. So the first timeline you have to think about is a 45-day mark. At that 45-day mark, you have to identify some property. And there are three different rules for you to do that. But on some sheet with your qualified intermediary, you have to put down some addresses. Now, you don't have to close necessarily on those properties, but you got to have a pretty good sense of what you want to do 
by that 45 day mark. And, and there's a limit. I mean, you can't just take the phone book and or all the MLS and say, here, uh, I'll, 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 I'll bid on something. It, it was it six properties or three properties. It's three. It's three. three. Okay. One of the rules is three properties. So yeah, you need to put three addresses on the sheet. You can close on any one of those or combination of those that you'd like to, yeah. but it, it's gotta be three on a sheet. That's one. Two is what's referred to as a 200% rule. So you can acquire or write down any number of properties you like up to 200% of the fair market value of the property you sold. Gotcha. gotcha. You can do substitutions, right? Like let's say within the first few days you decide, you know what, I put this property down and there's no way I'm going to buy this one. Yes. Inside that 45 day window, you can substitute and move out whatever you would like. But as soon as you hit that 45th day, that's, that's locked in. And then the other timeline you mentioned was the 180. By 180, you have to close. Okay. So that 45 goes fast. Yeah, I say that does. Quickly. Mm-hmm. So you, you've got to do at least enough due diligence ahead of time to, to really knock those out. And then with a reverse exchange, that's where you purchase something already. Mm-hmm. And then how, how does that actually work? Go ahead and explain that to us. Yeah, the, the reverse exchange, I we don't see these very often. Yeah. Um it is more costly and complicated when you work with your QI to do the reverse okay. exchange. I would recommend working with national firms on that that have a bit more experience okay. in working with the reverse exchange. Um, but you are working on the same sort of timelines as well. It's just a process of selling. So if you see something you really, really want, you're like, man, I got to have this property yeah. that I see. I would walk down that reverse exchange route. But in many cases, it's five, six, 10 X of cost that you pay the well, call. Why is that? Why is it so much more expensive? Yeah, the qualified intermediary is doing a lot more work and taking on more risk there than they would in really? a basic exchange. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. The basic exchange, they're, they're shuffling, they shuffle paperwork around for you um, and hold cash for you um, and follow your wire instructions. And that's about it. Um, so it's, it's pretty straightforward for them to do that. Yeah. Um, the reverse exchange, oh man, the diagram and map I wish some people could see that. There's, there's a lot yeah, of, yeah. No, that's very interesting. I, yeah. I, I go to a broker's meeting once a month, and I, I should ask our, our uh, they could, they, because they do have an intermediary exchange uh, person that kind of handles a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Um, and, and uh, tell you what, we've got one minute before we have to cut to a break. Uh, what are the ramifications of not performing a 1031 exchange? Yeah, they can be pretty severe. So in some cases, you're looking at a 32, I've seen as high as 45% tax bill between capital gains tax at the federal and state level to depreciation recapture. You have to think about that as well. I've seen some pretty big numbers when we're thinking about doing that. So it's surprising how many folks have resigned themselves to when they want to retire to sell and pay the tax. They've already made that decision. They really don't have to. Yeah. I mean, as long as either A, you find the right property that you want to exchange into, or as we'll get into in just a little bit about the Delaware statutory trusts. Okay. Uh, Tell you what, okay, let's cut to our second commercial uh, trivia. The time goes fast, I'll tell you. All right. Second trivia question. Uh, We're talking planets here. What planet has the highest temperature? What planet has the highest temperature, all right? In degrees, we're talking. Uh, and I believe it has to do with the surface. We're talking mm-hmm. the surface of, of, of the planet. Um, that's a good question. 
Mm-hmm. If you get the plan, it will, you know, you only have, in fact, you don't even have nine planets anymore. You only have eight because someone decided to have a little ego trip and take Pluto off. I don't <laughs> think Mickey Mouse was very happy about that. All right. What planet has the highest temperature? Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate. We come back. Uh, Brandon Buckman is going to get into Delaware Statutory Trusts. What are they and how can they benefit you? All right. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing, Edward Brown, along with Brandon Ruckman. Uh, second trivia question on planets. What planet has the highest temperature? I'm less sure about this one, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say Venus. You are correct. Oh, man. Very good. Two for two. A lot of people would think Mercury because it's the closest to the mm-hmm. sun, and, but it's about like eh, 5, 10 degree, 10, 10%. Uh, less like I, I'm not sure exactly what Venus has probably to do with the the, the atmosphere that you know is, uh, kind of treats it like a greenhouse or something you know um, yeah some of those context clues you were giving me was like okay it may not be the most obvious answer yeah exactly that's right exactly um well then uh question number three might throw you for a little bit of a loop oh no okay. but again you only have eight choices of All a planet right, yeah. so you can't do too badly all right, so uh, Brandon, Brandon is an expert in 1031 exchanges. And do most investors execute a 1031 exchange? Actually, there's a study done by UCLA about six years ago that says most investors ultimately don't actually do a 1031 exchange. They just sell Something the property, like- they pay the capital gains or regular income tax and uh, move on. And every time someone does that, my heart breaks a little. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Once you pay the tax, that's why it's like when, I mean, I've got my tax degree. And so for years preparing people's tax returns and they'd say, well, should I do this or this? And my attitude was always, uh, you know, because as an example, doing an IRA, uh, my attitude was uh, if you can do an IRA and get the tax deduction today, you should do it because once you send money to the government, it's a hundred percent gone forever. Mm-hmm. At least this way, you can defer the tax and then, you know, oh, yeah, you may be in a higher tax bracket, but you get tax deferral compounded, blah, 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 blah. But once you send the money to the government, it's gone. That's so right. it's the same sort of thing here. Once you sell your property and pay your taxes, you can't undo that. Yeah, I, I, just, I just don't want to sign up for a 30% loss. Like, I, I just Yeah, that's basically what it is. It, it, it's yeah. in rare situations where I can wrap my head around that and it's, and it's very few. So I, I, I cry when I hear this. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what, let's get into uh, DSTs. What's it stand for? What are they? How, why, how long have they been around? How do they have to do with uh, exchanges? Yeah. So, so for, for folks that are thinking about, Hey, I want to retire from active real estate investing. I'm tired of some of the hassles with tenants and the headwinds we talked about. DST or Delaware statutory trust is a 1031 eligible asset. And at the very simple basics of what it is, is this institutional quality real estate that's managed by somebody else. If, if your audience is familiar with syndication, it's just another form of syndication. It's just designed in a way that the IRS has deemed that it's 1031 eligible. 
and they deemed that in 2004. Um, these have been around as a vehicle uh, for folks to use in the 1031 exchange transaction. And the beauty here is it's not a blind pool. There's Here's an asset over here. I know what it is. I know where it's located. I've got an address to it. I can understand it. It's real estate. I'm just going to forego the management of that property and let someone else handle that. So I'm doing, I'm selling the property I own, doing the 1031, and then the DST would be the item that I would invest in or be the replacement property in that transaction. And, and generally, DSTs are going to be more than one property, right? Because otherwise, you just would do it into one property and then just hire a manager. I mean, exactly, exactly. So in, in this scenario, the minimum investment in most of the DSTs is $100,000. Okay. So what we can do is to start, we can, in essence, build portfolios for people, or we've, we've come to say, we can build your, build your own REIT um, yeah. kind, of, kind of style that you can do here. And all of a sudden you have, you've taken one asset, you've turned it into, you know, maybe 10 and you've drastically diversified yourself across those assets geographically and, and, and in industries. And I, I would, I would hope that a syndication that's a DST shouldn't be more expensive than a regular syndication of real estate. If you're specifically saying it's not a blind pool, so Mm -hmm. it's going to go for these assets. It's managed effectively the same way, right? It's Um, Mm long-term to do do the DSTs. I mean, they don't trade properties like stocks or anything, but uh, how long do they generally hold the properties? Yeah. So for, we, we measured the history from the eight largest sponsors since 2004. And the average hold time we found is just over eight years is okay. the hold time on these. And, and then do they exchange that property into another one to keep the, 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 the tax deferred exchange? They certainly can. Um, you're left with a decision at the end. Um, just as you enter, you're left with that same decision as you exit. So the sponsor will send the sponsors, what we call the folks who run these things, the, yeah. the sponsors will send you notification and you can decide if you want to do a 1031 exchange again, you could certainly do that into another DST. They're more than happy to, to offer more product of that, that to you. Or if you wanted to go back into the market and buy real estate directly for yourself again, you can certainly do that. You're sort of left with that same decision. And they, they, they spit off, so to speak, the same kind of income that you'd get if you own the property, because it's not, it's not under a tax sheltered uh, like vehicle, like an IRA. It's just basically you just pushed off the tax instead of, let me see if I can summarize this. Instead of you doing a 1031 exchange, one property for another, you're exchanging one property for a set of properties. Mm-hmm. And it's just in one pool that's being managed other by someone other than you. Mm-hmm. And you're in with, 50 or a hundred different people because they've all kind of gone into that same pool. And I got to think that there's specializing DSTs, right? Ones that'll do, you know, let's say mobile home parks or ones that do just shopping centers or something, right? Majority of, I think you have the description exactly right. The majority of assets we see here are multifamily. I'd say it's about 60, okay. 65% of the industry is that the rest of the industry is anything you can imagine under the sun. We've seen land leases. We've seen mobile home yeah. parks self-storage, industrial, anything you can imagine under the sun is, is usually put inside of, inside of the structure. Yeah. And I tell you, we get a lot of uh, uh, people calling Pacific private money, wondering if they can uh, do a, um, an exchange into one of our funds. Unfortunately, our funds are mortgage pool funds. Mortgages are not similar to owning real estate. Tell you what, we got to cut to another break. If you can believe that, which two planets is a two part question, which two planets rotate differently than the others. So most most planets have an axis, they turn one way, 
these two planets spin the other way. And when I die, I'm going to ask God this question. Why did you do that? Okay. 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate. Don't touch that dial. Best of investing. We'll be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM. The answer. Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Brandon Bruckman. Uh, Let's see here, third trivia question. Which two planets rotate differently than the others? I have no idea. So I'm going to guess, and we're going to do Neptune and Saturn. Well, you got two out of two wrong. (laughs) Hey, if you're going to be wrong, be wrong. (laughs) Actually, Venus is one of them, and Uranus or Uranus is the other. Yeah. They actually do spin the other way. have no idea why, but okay. (laughs) That's just the way things go, I guess. Okay, so uh, Brandon, um, we're talking about 10... But listen, before we forget, don't want to let people... Go out there going, who, who is this guy, Brandon? How do I get a hold of him? Five questions on DSTs or 1031 exchanges. Uh, give out your information. Yeah, I'm always, I'm easy to find on on the Google machine. But um, simplest way to get in contact with me is to just shoot me an email. It's brandon at investwithinsight.com. All right. I hope people are not teasing you about let's go, Brandon. Uh, all the time. You know, and, oh, I mean, gosh. It's like the guy who was, who was the driver. Why couldn't his name be Jeff or something, you know? <laughs> I was I was at a – can I tell a quick story about that? Sure, go ahead. I was at a uh, Green Bay Packers football game when this was happening or just yeah. started to happen. I didn't get it. And I, I wasn't aware yet. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like, I appreciate the support. Yeah, but I don't think I know any of you people, and and the chants were very loud. And eventually, I I figured it out. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just a matter of time. We're all gonna get it. First, it was it was uh, Karen, then Brandon. Yeah. It's all coming for us. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, no matter what your name is, it's so funny because I was uh, emailing someone named Karen today, and I said, you know what, I I, just, I can't go there. Okay, uh, my uh, accountant is, my accountant is Karen, so you can imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you that wasn't on your list, but are there any changes forthcoming on 1031 exchanges that you can see? Um, I, sure hope, I sure hope not. Um, it, it has been, um, we've watched trade organizations lobby very hard to continue to keep 1031. It, it has been, I mentioned it before, it has been around in some form or function for a hundred years. So it gets a lot of confidence that it's going to stick around. I was more concerned about this last run of tax yeah. changes about the step up in basis which is another key tool for real estate investors that are retiring and thinking about that basis step up for their heirs. Um, That one I'm more concerned is in the crosshairs, but all that sort of speculation. You know, Um, it's interesting. I I mentioned, I go to this brokers meeting once a month and mm -hmm. I remember when it was a hot topic that they may get rid of it. 
this lady, she's really good, and she was saying how they're they're lobbying again uh, against this change. And if you think, and she said, you know, it's not just let's say the facilitators. It's the, you know, all of the transactions that won't happen because of this, people are going to sit on the sidelines, not selling their, their property. You're talking about the income taxes that won't be generated by the government with regard to real estate agents, commissions and income derived by the title companies and the, and the intermediaries and, and the, and the sponsors and blah, 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 VSTs. I mean, it's a trickle down effect that's in the hundreds of billions of dollars. So it's sort of like going I remember years ago, we've, we, a few of us kind of figured out, that if they were to lower the capital gains tax rate to something like, you know, 9%, mm-hmm. the government would make so much money that they would, they could potentially back then, of course, now, not with the trillions of dollars now, but back then when, you know, we only owed hundreds of billions of dollars in deficit, mm-hmm. they could have wiped out the deficit in about two years because, you know, the super, uber, uber rich people who are basically sitting on the sidelines going, why should I sell my, you know, Amazon uh, that I, you know, I've got, I, it, that is worth, you know, a hundred billion dollars. I don't want to pay taxes on that. So I'm going to do nothing versus, huh, you know what? Uh, you know what? If you all get to charge me 9%, maybe I'll bite the bullet, pay the taxes and be done with it. Mm-hmm. But there was night and I don't remember his name, but there was one very smart Democrat Senator who said, I don't care if it destroys the economy as long as the rich pay taxes. And it's like, there you go. And there it is. <laughs> I believe it was Pricewaterhouse Cooper or Deloitte did a study on a proposed elimination of 1031 exchange and found that it actually cost the government money yeah. to eliminate it as opposed to keeping it on the books for all the reasons you mentioned. Exactly. You yep. know, but, and, and uh, again, you know, it's just, I, I, get, I get very frustrated with politics because, you know, you know what the, uh, you know, you know what the job of a politician is? Mm. To get reelected, that's it. I mean, that that's all they do. They go. They just. They should go back to like what John Adams would do, right? He he he, he served his time, and then he said, "Okay, I'm back to being a farmer." There was there was no uh, there was no profession in being a politician. Shout uh, out to my father who mentions term limits within ten minutes of every time I see him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, pros and cons of Delaware statutory trusts. Yeah, I'll do cons first, uh, okay. since that's more fun. So number one, it, loss of control. And yeah. you're, you're sacrificing control to a third party. Um, the mitigant to that is the work that my role in this transaction is to make sure we're doing work with good people, good companies, okay. good sponsors, good deals. And so we try to mitigate that risk, but nevertheless, it exists. Uh, liquidity is a problem. Um, there hasn't been a fully for- functioning and, and developed secondary market for Delaware statutory trust interest. So mitigant there is we really got to do some planning up front to figure out, hey, you might need this, some of this cash today. And I was going to say, is, is there like a, a secondary market that they, there's a big haircut? Um, there's, there's a mechanism to do secondaries. Traditionally, there's been a haircut there to, of 10 to 20%. Yeah. I've seen these transacted haircuts of 2 to 6%. And it not is, bad. that's not bad. And, but I wouldn't tell people to expect that. Expect yeah. a haircut. That's plan up front. There's no reason you can't take money off the table in a 1031 exchange. You'd have to pay the tax on that, yeah. but at least it'd give you some liquidity. It's an option. Okay. So those are the biggest, biggest disadvantages that, that we see. Um, advantages here, um, passivity, um, the ability to use it, like we mentioned in the 1031. Um, that's what people are looking for. 
Um, there are bigger assets here. So some of the assets you're acquiring here are 50 to a hundred million dollars in, in work. So some would look at that as a bit less risky. Um, I had a client here in Milwaukee who traded out a lot of properties in let's call them challenged areas. Okay. He's like, I've turned the hood into Amazon. Yeah. And he said, that's, that's a pretty good risk mitigant for him and his approach. I'm like, all right, that makes sense to yeah. kind of put it that way. So Can you have that you, going for you. How, um, when, when these syndications are put together, uh, what kind of upfront costs are there generally, you know, cause when you put a hundred thousand dollars in the sponsors are going to probably take some off the table to, because they've had to organize you know, that sort of thing. Yes, they do want to be compensated. So there's an acquisition fee up front that the sponsor is taking from depending on the deal, two to 3%. Um, and, and then there are legal costs associated with putting this structure together. So all in that upfront cost, we see from, three to maybe upwards of 10% depending on the dealer sponsor. So, I mean, there is a, there is a fee load there up front that we have to, we have to overcome. Yeah. In um, the eight, in the eighties, syndic- real estate syndications would take as high as 20%. Wow. Yeah. Which means, you know, you got to make 25% of your money just to recover all those costs. Once you get into some of those ranges, you start to think about like, Hey, maybe, maybe you do want to pay some of the tax. If you are going to pay that up front and you don't like the deal as much, you're not as excited about the real estate um, to have to overcome a 20% upfront fee load. That's a decent amount of appreciation. And in this environment it might be difficult. Or, or do like you said before, you have 45 days, put together your own little mini, mini REIT, so to speak, and have someone manage it for you. Tell you there what, you no commercial uh, trivia question, but when we come back, uh, we have just a couple more minutes and then we've got our thoughts for the day. All right, stay with us. The best of investing will be back with some closing comments. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Brandon Bruckman, who was discussing Delaware Statutory Trust and 1031 Exchanges. Again, Brandon, give out your information one more time. Yeah, best place to to find me is Brandon at investwithinsight.com. Um, uh, Insight Investment Advisors is, is our firm. You can always search that as well. Okay, very good. Okay, now before we get to our thoughts today, I have a kind of a fun long joke here. All right, so the FBI had an opening for an assassin. After all the background checks, interviews, and testing were done, there were three finalists Two women and a two two men and a woman. Excuse me. For the final test, the FBI agents took one of the men to a large metal door and handed him a gun. We must know that you will follow your instructions no matter what the circumstances. Inside the room, you will find your wife sitting in a chair. Kill her. The man says, "You can't be serious. I can never shoot my wife." The agent said, "Then you're not right for the, you're not the right man for this job. Uh, take your wife and go home." The second man was given the same instructions. He took the gun and went into the room. All was quiet for about five minutes. Then the man came out with tears in his eyes. He said, I tried, but I can't kill my wife. The agent said, you don't have what it takes. Take your wife and go home. Finally, it was the woman's turn. She was given the same instructions to kill her husband. She took the gun and went into the room. Shots were heard, one one after another. They heard screaming, crashing, banging on the walls. After a few minutes, all was quiet. The door opened slowly, and there stood the woman, wiping the sweat from her brow. This gun is loaded with blanks, she said. I had to kill him with a chair. (laughs) (laughs) 
I figured I'd go like, better not tell my wife that story. All right. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> don't, 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 let the, don't let the FBI around my wife, please. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, we have just a couple of uh, extra. I didn't realize how long, how short I was going to take in uh, to doing that joke. So uh, we actually have just a couple of quick minutes here. So let me tell you a little bit about what Pacific Private Money is doing. We have uh, four different funds. One fund specifically we're trying to push because we have a lot of demand for its product. It's called the Freedom Fund. And here's the beauty of it is the fact that it's relatively liquid. It's like a money market account, uh, but you can't write checks against it. All you have to do, though, is give us 30 days notice when you want your money back. No fee to get in, no fee to get out. And depending upon how much money you put in, which there's two catches. One, you have to be an accredited investor. And two, minimum investments, 250000 But for 250000 you get 7%. At 500000 or more, you get 8%. And if you can put a million in, 9%. Mm. And get this, I was uh, going to be ready to pick up a check for a million dollars from a brand new client. He'd been following us for two years to finally decide to pull the trigger and invest. And uh, lo and behold, he decided to invest $3 million right there on the spot. And then like four or five days later, he, he said, you know, I've been rethinking this. I want to send you another million. <laughs> and he hadn't even gotten his first check yet. But you know what? He, he did his due diligence, found out that it was legit. And uh, I mean, where else can you get seven, eight, 9% with relative liquidity? No, and very little risk. Yeah. that's, that's rare um, to, to see that. That's, that's yeah. awesome. And then the way we get liquidity is uh, we're, we're, um, underwriting and, and funding loans, and then uh, we're selling them off. And so we get the money right back. And we're selling them at a little bit of a, a lower yield, so we keep the spread, so everybody makes a little bit of money. All right, are you ready for our thoughts of the day? Here we go. There is a new soap opera coming out about airports. It's called Delays of Our Lives. All right, and how does the moon cut his hair? Eclipse it. Ah, oh. uh, you gotta, you gotta uh, get yeah. some dad jokes in there once in a while, huh? All right. So you um, can those. <laughs> yeah. now Brandon, you are located in Milwaukee, but I assume you work all over the country. We do. Um we have we have clients in California. Um we, we do visit out there occasionally as well. Um but yeah, we're we're everywhere. Um there is an emphasis on the Midwest just from our, our location, but sure. yeah, no restrictions on where we can work. Very good. All right. Tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on 860 AM. The answer. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.